Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 2, season 24, and we've got a full house. We're going to play, not only are we going to play Absolute Rally um, co-host Bingo, we're going to play Epra Bingo as well this week. So I'm going to say hello Jack Bengen. Hello, Tony Simpson, nice to be back, nice to, uh, nice to be speaking to you all again. We've missed you. It's mutual. It's, we, know, we, we know you've been doing other stuff. You've been seeing other podcasts behind our back. <laughs> <laughs> We're not mutually exclusive anymore. Well, you know, things change, don't they? It's only, you know, <laughs> people move on. <laughs> clearly, clearly. But sometimes when the other partner doesn't know that the other person's moved on, it hurts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right, no. no. Therapy will work. Therapy will work. <laughs> couples couples counselling will work. <laughs> um, and we've got a hungover Ryan champion. Hello, Ryan champion. <laughs> Hello. How are we? You sound a lot more chipper than what you did 30 seconds ago. Oh, Is this your oh, podcast thanks. voice? <laughs> it must be. Yeah, it's going to say. It's my telephone voice. Yeah, that's nice. Good for you. And, and of course, we've got the, the ever-constant Trevor Agnew. What do you mean ever constant? Well, uh, to be fair, the, 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 the tone never really changes. Oh, right. Okay. Is that a good thing? Well, it, it, to be fair, from a co-driving point of view, I can imagine that to be really quite nice. Oh, uh, co-driving. I remember when we used to do that many, many years ago. That'll never happen again, will it? Well, you know, <laughs> it never say never, but... Um, you know, you, whether you're excited or whether you, 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 you're quite level... Which is nice. I like that. I like that. Con- and maybe that. Maybe you are the, the barometer of, of of when you're on our podcast. Um, it's, just, it's just a reflection of Trev's personality. He's just dependable, consistent, <laughs> all, always there when you need him. So exciting. Yeah, I thought you were going to say this is a reflection of Trev's personality. Flat. Flat <laughs> 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 out. Hey, listen. You didn't. You didn't know what he said last week. Forty-five seconds. It took him to insult me last week. Um, it took that touch. long, Trev. What's wrong? With you? He's my touch. He's <laughs> he, he, he was he was clearly slipping. So um, uh, it, it goes without saying, boys. We we are going to be all things Belgium this week. Um, obviously, Jack, um, you went with us last week, so we're gonna we're gonna talk in a few minutes with regards to what's going to happen towards the end of the season, or certainly some of the things we were talking about last week. But Trev, you would normally be on. Um, I was going to say a National Express coach. Um, probably not. You would have been on a ferry at some point, heading over to Belgium. Um, very, very excited. And now you're not, and you're going to be watching it remotely. Can you put into words your level of disappointment of not seeing this generation of cars one for its one and only visit to to Ypres? Um, couldn't be arsed with all the hassle that had to go through. It's not really uh, we what I was looking for, to be honest with yeah, you. We were supposed to go. <laughs> it's two cars of us, eight of us were going to head over. So we did it the last time as a day trip, which is fabulous. Um, and we're going to go from Friday to Sunday, everything booked, hotels right booked, booked up right up until uh, the weekend. But because of all the shenanigans around getting through France and all of that, uh, the guys all decided that the planned something else for that weekend so it all fell apart and I finally binned it on Monday uh, but it would have been brilliant to go and enjoy it and maybe watch a stage or two um, but yeah not going now um, what can I say um, you sound quite flat Ryan Champion um, you went there in the maestro <laughs> Um, I didn't do the rally in the Maestro, but I did actually go to the rally in the Maestro, funnily yeah. enough. I, know, I did I, go. I, I've, just yeah. said, I, I've just said, the reason why I said that, because I remember that, and I can't remember how many years ago you said that, but we've done something with Oshan a bit later on, which will we'll, we'll come on. And I'm convinced over the last six or seven years we've been doing this, I could possibly just put out that podcast from any year over the last seven years for this coming weekend with regards to Ypres. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... We're going to go talk junctions, slippy roads, and cuts. Cuts. Are we going to talk about cuts? Yeah, there, there will be a few cuts. I'm sure we'll come on to that. But yeah, just a, a fantastic rally. Great to see it in, in WRC. I'm excited to uh, to see the footage from it. I think I first went in 1985, 
when uh, when mum was doing the rally and uh, and the road sections were quite spectacular then the recce was spectacular i remember going out with my father and spectating on the recce when they had proper uh, proper group b cars as recce cars and uh, it's it changed a bit now but still a, a very spectacular rally and one thing that hasn't changed is the stages they still use the same stages they have done um ever since the rally's really been created jack have you managed uh, you've been over haven't you yeah, I went over a few, a few years back, Tony. We had, we had a day of spectating together, didn't we? Of course you did. We did. Was, yeah, there was, there, there, that, there was, there was, yeah, it was a bit like in, in Gavin and Stacey, the fishing trip that doesn't get spoke of anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Trev, you were there the same year as well, but I don't think we saw you. Uh, well, yeah, that could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> the tension here, isn't there? Clearly, over, there was, there was not a text message dropped. I can sense it. I can sense it. It's all right. It's fine. Do you know what? Right, I'm, I'm, uh, and anybody can jump in on this. I am still amazed that here we are in 2000 and what year is it? 2021, and this is the first time Ypres has been part of the WRC. I think it was always happy to to stand alone as its own successful event. I mean, it, it was it was really the the centre of the European Championship for a long long time, but even step back from European Championship because it's such a strong rally on its on its own that um, they've, they've been more than happy to, to run an event even outside a championship. And um, I think when you do go to WRC, there's an awful lot of constraints put on a rally and you have to run a rally for the, for the WRC rather than the other way around. So um, I think that was some of the reasoning behind it. But obviously with, um, you know, with recent issues and... Um, uh, effectively the championship taking events because they've been able to to run during the pandemic i think Ypres can now operate um as as they want to in the wrc rather than having to change the event too much to to exist in wrc i think ryan's bang on i think that's exactly why it's not been on the wrc before and you know obviously we had this kind of switch from you know maybe like 60s 70s 80s people would you know circle events on the calendar and go and do them because that was a big event for the manufacturer that they worked for or that because that was a rally they wanted to do and the, the focus wasn't always necessarily on the, the world championship obviously it was quite new in those days so as the 90s came we had kind of a more of a, a pivot towards the wrc obviously a lot of events kind of went into the wrc but there was you know a few events that were subscribed enough and had their own reputation and were you know had their own atmosphere and their own kind of unique challenges that were able to to kind of you know support themselves and, and Ypres always been in that situation where it's not really needed any help in that sense so yeah amazing to see it on the WRC calendar I'm really really uh, interested to see how it's all going to play out and you know I'm sure some of the things we'll talk about in terms of what we're expecting from the event you know whether they play out and uh, whether we get a, an event that we kind of expect or, or whether everything kind of goes out the window and we we get a totally shocking and surprising event. Uh, do you know what and all valid Trevor I'm in, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm going to bring you in now. Do you think the, the the way events, you know, hopefully the world will return to some some kind of normality next year with regards to events that are going to run in the, within WRC? But equally, do you think there's there's going to be um, a change of attitude, perhaps, from the promoter looking forward? You know, this is all of a sudden we've got events that have come into the championship now, and Ypres being obviously a prime example in that maybe they're not going to be as rigid as perhaps what they once were. Because I seem to remember there was very something very similar with regards to Monte Carlo when Monte Carlo dropped out and then, and then kind of came back in. And it was a lot more to Monty's tune, I suppose, to my interpretation, what are the promoters? Oh, very much so. Monte Carlo Rally does what Monte Carlo Rally wants to do and they don't care about anybody else, really. It'd be nice to be part of the World Championship, but we've seen that in the past. But there is a bit of a change in this weekend, clearly, and that on Sunday they're going to travel to Spa, which is, what, it's 300 kilometres away, 180 miles. So going from the northwest to the southeast. And, you know, Trev, I sorry, don't know. Can I just jump in? Are they running that as a road section or are they transporting the cars there? Because I know they've done that before for, 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 for certain stages, but there has been super specials. Are they, are they actually treating that as a liaison section? I don't know. I haven't okay. looked. Okay. Um, but either way, it's a long way to go. And of course, well, there's, there's an argument to say, okay, it's getting into closer to Central Europe. So maybe people go to Spa on Sunday that might not travel all the way to uh, Ypres because all the stages are within 30, 40 kilometers of the town. And they could easily have ran the Sunday around there as well because it used to run like 600 kilometers stages uh, and a lot of them not, not even using the same road so uh, they could have done it uh, they've decided to do it this other way I 
competed on those stages in the night as part of the spa rally. Um, so you'll, you'll have spa, you'll also Stavolo, uh, which, you know, I understand that the stage has been cut as well because the police are busy with all the storm damage and the floods that have been happening. They're still working on that. But a rally car on a race circuit isn't that spectacular for me. Um, hey, hey. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Tony, you love it, I know. Well, the skins, especially the big elements. Um, and splits. And, uh, I don't know if they even have splits in Spa. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm not going to judge it until it all happens, but uh, the traditionalists would probably say you should just stay in in Ypres and not go on there. Go on, it's Jack. one of the it's one of the pre-event kind of points of contention between the teams, I think, because Sunday is a liaison section and it's going to be a four. It's going to be like four thirty a.m. I think is the time that they have to leave in the morning to get there, and you know the the spa section is pretty well. I don't know. how... Traditionally, my math is not very good, as all Absolute Rally listeners who've listened a lot will know, but I think it's less than 15% of the route is Sunday's section. So if to, to, to have that early start on the Sunday, to drive all the way down there and do, you know, kind of less than 15% of the route seems less than ideal. But it's one of them things, isn't it? It's how, it's, uh, it's it's something that the, the WRC and the event feel that they, they need to do. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's one of those Monza situations that people are going to have to put up with and hopefully it'll be... You know, I think I don't know if this is an unfair kind of representation of people's views, but I think Monza was better than people maybe thought it was going to be. Uh, I don't know if I've got that wrong, but it was it was better than I thought it was going to be anyway. And I, I felt like I, I got that kind of vibe from quite a few people that I spoke to about it. So hopefully Spa is in the in the same boat when it comes to that. OK, OK. Right. Do you, do you think this is going to be one of those ones? Obviously, we, we, we know. You know, more recently we've been talking uh, about Safari that came back in, and I think that was is, is classed as a massive success of of how that ran. Um, you know, that's a that's a staple, I suppose, of, of WRC of old. Um, do you see, you know, events like Ypres, you know, it, the history and everything else? Do you think that's an important? You know, even though it's not been part of the WRC, almost we, we we need to be selling the WRC perhaps a little bit better. And do these events help sell the story better? Yeah, I think they do. I think I think it's important to to have your classic rallies like the the Monte Carlo, the Rally Finland, Thousand Lakes, as it was. Obviously, I would put um, Rally GB in there as well. You know, it, it it's a classic of the World Championship, Swedish Rally as well. Um, yeah, you know these these iconic rallies have always been part of the the championship, and you know the history of the sport is is obviously a, a big thing. And to see the the images of the cars in the past and all that kind of thing from these rallies is is really nice. And I mean, Ypres for anybody who hasn't been to to Ypres, um, it may not have been a world championship rally before, but it probably has arguably the best atmosphere of any rally in the world. Um, the the city centre service area is is pretty unique. The way they run the cars over the podium in the centre town um you've got all the trade stands around it you've got the bars the restaurants and it and it's just a fabulous atmosphere so um it it, it does lend itself well to to been a world championship rally certainly um we'll have to see whether it whether it's in the championship in the future but um you know i think it, it it's definitely exciting to see it as part of the championship and yeah. most people didn't get to it in the early days because the clash with donegal and they were all there <laughs> the better rally do Jack, if, if if I can ask you, I suppose you know from from a journalistic point of view, when you're writing about a series, does it? I, I'm assuming, and I, I'm I'm not putting words into your mouth, but having events that perhaps the layman would be able to relate to, make it an easier article to write because you can make it more relatable to the the casual reader. <laughs> I don't know really. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily too much of a difference in that sense. I think, as as Ryan said, I think you know it helps. It does help advertise the the events better because it's you know whenever you can confine rallying in a small area, obviously more people can see it, more people can you know get in and, and see what's going on. So that's always good. And I always think the the kind of doing the odd stage or the you know the quite a few of the opening sections in the WRC are really good. I always think about Mexico. I always really like the opening of that rally around the streets there, and uh, I think. You know, if you can, if you can bring the rally into people, then it does help. But only if people are there. So, you know, I think this is something for Ypres to do. And if people turn out and really enjoy this and really, you know, want to go and spend some time at Spa and, and experience it, then that's fantastic. And it's and it's opening it up to more people. But I guess the question is, whenever you're kind of organising an event like this, and whether you choose 
you know where to go in terms of taking it a bit closer to the people it's it's i think the key is trying to do it where people aren't necessarily interested in motorsport or aren't necessarily you know rallying people and obviously there's a big rally that happens every year at spa and there's quite a lot of rallying roads around there and stuff so i'm not sure how many people who turn out at spa are actually going to be new fans and how many of them are just going to be you know people who are rally fans who, who live in the area anyway so that's that's always quite a difficult balance i think you know you can people can get carried away and events can get carried away with the pr aspect of look at this you know this is fantastic we're taking rallying to the people people who've never experienced the sport before etc etc but you know with places like spa are you actually just you know making it you know is it just somewhere for people who like rallying already to go and watch uh, i'm not entirely sure but i guess we'll we'll learn a bit a little bit more about that after the weekend and of course a lot of the time as well if you take it to a different area there's a commercial uh, advantage to that with local government investment that type of thing so yeah. I don't know if that's the case in April this year but that's usually a lot of the reason why people move rallies about as well um, are we are, are we going to go there are we going to go to what we expect you know we, we'll go to the obvious driver wise um, you know Craig Breen um, Thierry Nouvelle Hind, I have got such strong connections with regards to obviously the event. Obviously, Craig won it last time out, I think, in the R5 car back in 2019. Obviously, Thierry's got history there, goes without saying. Obviously, also, I think Bruno Thierry does. Know, does Bruno Thierry still do his gravel notes? Good question. Yes, Anyone? sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought he did. And obviously, Bruno Thierry's got uh, experience there. I have noticed, by the way, and we, we talk about this a little bit later on the pod, but some of the teams are, are bringing, I think Patrick Snyder has been helping M Sport. Um, obviously, we've just talked about High and I perhaps using some of the people maybe that Thierry Vell have worked with, and obviously, performer winners and stuff like that. Not too sure about what the Toyota guys uh, are, are doing, but where, where do we see, I suppose, where do we see our winner coming from? You know, are we going to go, are we going to go to the complete unknown? I find it staggering, by the way, that Sebastian Ogier, right, has not done this event. This is, this is one of the things that I'm massively looking forward to as someone who's, you know, really respects what Sebastian Ogier has achieved in his career and stuff. If, if this hadn't happened, you know, it's, it's almost worth the, the, the rally being in the WRC just so we can see Sebastian Ogier do it because it's going to be fantastic and I, I think so many of this so many of the characteristics of this event will suit Sebastian Ogier it's all about sort of exit speed and, and staying clean and keeping things tidy and kind of judging the the kind of the mixed surfaces that you get into the entry of some of the corners and, and the exits as well and you know we don't we, we know he's well I think we know that he's comfortably the best at managing his tyres as well so the, this event kind of written down on paper sounds like a you know a perfect Sebastian OJ event and obviously he's going to run first on the road on Friday so he's going to avoid all those messy cuts to start with on the at least on the first runs of any of the stages but uh, I just think this is a, a dream scenario to see you know the what the, probably the best driver a lot of us will ever see in, in our lifetimes uh, you know compete on one of the most challenging and interesting and diverse and you know unusual events on on the calendar so that's something i'm definitely really looking forward to this weekend and you know when you write things down on paper he obviously he's not got the experience of the event but he's got all the the all the attributes that are needed to be successful on this event so it's going to be that's going to be fantastic to watch i think so too um i'm just looking at i'm looking at the toyota lineup um and unless I'm missing something, um, Elvin hasn't done the event before. No. Nope. Um, obviously, Katsuta hasn't. No, no. Kali hasn't either. So, I just, you know, obviously, there's, there's some experienced guys, you know, goes without saying the, the experience that they've got there. Um, but I just wonder. Could this be? Could be? Could this be the one event where out of the three? teams Toyota could be the least the least prepared is that fair I, I, I think the as I mentioned about OJ the you know the attributes that he's got I think are perfect for this event and yeah you know yes there's people with a lot more experience in in the order that I'm sure we'll talk about in a second and but I just think you know these guys are so good at driving to notes these these days in a recce you know they're watching so much video and they're watching so much on board that you know I, I can't see it being, you know, a, a kind of disadvantage that stops them from being successful when we know the car's so good and we know that the drivers are so good. You know, I think uh, I think this will be, a, yeah, I think Toyota are just as much in the mix as Hyundai, even though they don't, you know, the drivers don't have that experience just because of 
the quality of drivers we're talking about here and they've been to new events before and done extremely well and been able to uh, you know keep on top of things i think the, the only kind of the only kind of spanner in the works really is you know Thierry Nova will know in places some corners where you can cut where some of the Toyota guys might not be you know so uh, tempted to, to to go so aggressive but they've got good gravel crews and they'll I'm sure they'll have people on the gravel crews that uh, have done this event before and, and, and can kind of give them some advice there and I think when we come to this at the end of this event um or when we come to the start of the event even I don't think we can rule out the any three of the Toyota drivers from being right at the front of this event. Right. Yeah, Ogier has won three of the last four tarmac rallies, hasn't he? Well, um, who, do, who does who does Ogier's gravel notes? It's um, Simon Sean Joseph. He would have done yes. it, wouldn't he, at some point? Yeah. Surely. Uh, it, it's not that important. I, I don't understand. I personally, I don't. I, I, uh, having a gravel crew is really important, clearly. But being a specialist leaper as a gravel crew, not sure that adds a whole lot to it, but who knows? Freddie likes the man you want of in that car, really, don't you? Uh, well, I think, I think Freddie does help people, doesn't he? I think, uh, I think yeah. he becomes very, very popular around this time of year. I would have year. thought so. Yeah. Uh, I would have thought so. So, uh, tarmac form going into this rally. Nouvelle in, uh, Funday, Hyundai is, uh, He's the only one that could get it working, apart from Craig Breen, who was second quickest in the power stage at the end of Croatia. And if he can carry that form straight into this, having won the event before, uh, my heart's going to go with Craig. Uh, Neville clearly is the, the favourite, but are we doing, a lot are we of doing, pressure. Are we doing predictions now? Let's do the predictions then. Let's, as you've gone there, Trev. So, well, go on. Okay, I'll go hard, going on the heart, Craig Breen to win it. Why can't he win it? Let's have a go. Road position might hold him back in the first day, but he'll, he'll see through that. Um, I'm going to go OG a second, I'm going to go Neville third, because I think there'll be a lot of pressure in Neville. And there's always something happens in Eper, let's face it. There's always something happens. Jackie Boy banging. Uh, I'm quite conflicted with this. I think... Thierry Neuville's in a position where he's he's got no choice but to win this event. So I think he'll be going all out. So I think there's a good chance he'll win or uh, make a mistake. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put my faith in Sebastian Auger to win. Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Craig Breen will be second. And I'm going to say Elvin Evans will be third. Sorry to wake you, Ray. Can I get yours? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get a word in. I couldn't get a word in. I, I, the only, uh, I agree with everything that's been said, but I think the only person who'll beat Thierry Neville this weekend is Thierry Neville. I, he'll, he can probably memorise most of those stages now. Maybe not the the new stages, the spa stages, but the other stages he'll have been over time and time and time again. And and like I said, he'll probably have them in, in his head already. But we've seen him make mistakes before, and we've seen him make mistakes there in in 2017. He had quite a big accident on on Ypres. So uh, he's also been there in a current generation car in 2019. He was there with the WRC car. So um, I I think it is Thierry Neville, unless he makes a mistake. Um, I'm going. Craig Breen second and Sebastian Auger third. So you're going to go Thierry to win? He has got nine starts on the event. You know, if, if we're talking about pre-event favourites, you know, you can either go with, you know, the, the, the kind of characteristics that, that suit Auger. But if you look at Nobel, as Ryan said, he'll know a lot of the stages. The stages don't change a whole lot. There's obviously different ways they can run them and they can start in different places and stuff like that. But when you've done nine Ypres, I imagine Thierry Nerville's done pretty much all of the Friday and Saturday roads, even if he's not done them as across, you know, a single stage. So, you know, I think uh, I think Ryan's right. I think if anyone's going to beat Thierry, it'll be it'll be Thierry. Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to go um, similar to you, Jack. I'm going to go Ogier win, Thierry second, and Craig Breen third. See, Ogier doesn't need to win it. No, he'll want to win it. Yeah, uh, he's not going to say, "Oh, I'll just ease off." Do you know what? I'm going to. Do you know the caveat I'll put to that? <clears throat> Excuse me. The caveat I'll put to that is: Will this event be part of um, part of the championship next year? Will Sebastian Ogier be part of the championship next year? And will he want an Ypres win as part of his legacy? Well, I, I think like like. Trev's already alluded to Sebastian Auger wants to win this year's world championship. That's, that's what he wants to do and that's what he'll be out to do. And I, I think we know the pace is, is incredibly fast on all world championship rallies now, but particularly this one. Um, 
you know the pace will will be astonishing in places the speed they will carry through some of those corners and does Auger need to take as many risks as Thierry Neville probably not is he fighting for a seat like Craig Breen no does he want to win the championship yes so I think I think like Trev if, if he can if he can go comfortably at his, when I say comfortably I mean at his comfortable pace uh, and that's fast enough to fight for the win but, he'll go for it if not he'll go for the but, points but, but here's the thing right I agree with all those points but if we're going to talk about Thierry taking Thierry out Craig fighting for a seat Sebastian Auger is extremely good at judging his pace and winning while all those fall by the wayside as well. I say advantage are on first in the road and of course weather dependent. Uh, I think it has been quite wet out there, but it's dry now and it'll continue to be dry. So you could even get to a point where it's dusty, although there's lots of drains run off the fields. But uh, first on the road will be an advantage for uh, the first pass, as Jack is saying, but I don't think third's going to be that big a handicap. Uh, but again, if Craig Breen's leading and the Ville's second, then what's going to happen there? <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I agree with all the points on OJ put forward, but I also think there might be an overriding factor, and that is the Sebastian OJ ego. Not, not to use that in like a negative sense because every driver's got an ego and you need one if you're going to reach this level and, and be a competitive in a world championship. I, I think if he thinks that this is going to be the only time that he was on the calendar and there's an opportunity to add this to his CV, I think that's going to override anything else. And we know he can drive you know, within himself to a certain point where he won't take any outrageous risks. But you know, I think a motivated Sebastian OJ can win this event without you know taking any mad risks. So. But I think that's the point, Jack. On this rally, there's not mad risks. There's risks on a lot of corners. So if you're pushing on in any way, you know, the cut just has to have extra gravel on it or something like that. Um, remember, the gravel crew's gone through a couple of hours before. So it'll, it'll, we'll see if he's comfortable and the car feels good and he's he's going at a decent pace and he's, and he's relaxed, then he'll keep going. Uh, but if he has any sort of moments at all, I think he'll come out of it. And and just on that, the the weather. I mean, it looks like it's going to be going to be dry um, at least until Sunday from the forecast I saw. But uh, if if it is wet, then this rally gets incredibly muddy. It, it doesn't look like a tarmac rally anymore. It looks like a gravel rally. Um, so if if it is wet, then first on the road is a, a definite advantage. But is that uh, a fair other- point? What I was saying there, Ryan, as regards. It's not like any other rally where you you can come off a little bit, but if you come off no. a little bit in any World Championship rally now, you, you're going to be three, four seconds down. That means that you're going from first to fourth sometimes. But on this particular rally, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just if you're pushing on, then yeah. every other cut's potentially a moment. Yeah, it is. And, and coming out of those cuts can be uh, quite unpredictable sometimes because the cuts the cuts get bigger, they get deeper, and uh, and you're carrying so much speed through them that, that they actually fire you out the other side. Well, that's so, you um, see some of the biggest crashes, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and we're likely, and I mean, we might as well talk about it as we've come this far. But um, uh, the, there's been a comment from the organisers that they're not going to stop cutting. That there's only five, I think, five corners in the rally where they're actually. Uh, putting a, uh, a marker to stop people cutting. So we're going to see huge cuts on this rally. Um, you know, it, it, we always have done. And, uh, I mean, there is this regulation that you're not allowed to have four, four wheels off the road. Well, I'd be interested to see how they police that on this rally because virtually every corner you have four wheels off the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe, maybe they'll run stabilisers on the side of the cars. You see, you've got, just got to think outside the box, right? If you have a stabiliser yeah. on each side of the car, technically... You've got extra wheels, and that'll keep one on the road. Yeah, just, maybe. Just saying. Just saying. I just absolutely love Alan Panas's quote that this is a rally. If you want to cut a corner, cut it. If you don't, then go do circuit racing. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic, isn't it? And I can just imagine Alan sat there with a, a little espresso, just you know, in his like kind of quiet way. He's not loud or kind of you know, he's 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 very still and chilled out. And I can just imagine him sat there in the Hyundai. Um, you know, the Hyundai, uh, where, where all the coffee is and the hospitality and stuff, just, you know, sat in the corner, just going, uh, you know, if you don't want to cook, don't cook, go and do, go and do something else instead. It's fine. You don't, you don't have to, no one's making you do this. Love all that. Love all that. I, I like the stabilizer idea though, if you get a puncture, Tony. 
Nobody's ever thought of that. Have a couple of stabilizers in the boot. I, 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 I could have used them on the Scottish the other week. I could have done the stabilizers. <laughs> Most definitely. We didn't even talk about that. Jeez. Yeah, I could have done the stabilizers and then some. In fact, I could have just done with carrying more spares. That would have been made, made life a lot easier. But anyway, there you go. There you go. Um, right. Um, have we got anything else on EPRO before we move on? We've done our predictions. We've done everything else. Um, are we at the point of any other business? I'm ready for any other business. I'm ready yeah. for any other business too. <laughs> right. Three. Right. Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you ready for any other business? Are you there? I am. It's EPRO related anyway. So it's, it's EPRO related. Yes. So is mine. I wonder so if me mine. and Ryan have got the same any other business. <laughs> Right. Well, who wants to go first? Then, well, I... You get. You go first, Jack. Then. Okay. You go, Jack. I I wanted to talk about the really exciting topic of tyres. Okay. <laughs> and pose a question to fine gentlemen who know so much about rallying. I did a bit of uh, a bit of research this morning and had a look through drivers and co-drivers, crews who have won the Eper Rally on Pirelli tyres. Does anyone know who the last crew was to win on Pirelli tyres? Because that's oh. what's going to happen this weekend, by the way. Yeah, great <laughs> question. Um, I thought I thought about it because I thought I wonder how they're you know they're going to have a massive impact on on how the rally plays out the weekend. It's another massive unknown when it comes to the kind of unpredictability of Ypres, the, the surface changes, and obviously the cuts and the, and the roads getting quite muddy. The tyres are going to be a, a big thing, and, and one thing that is going to take away from from Thierry Neuville's experience in in 2019 a little bit, maybe I think because the the tyres are going to be quite different. But we'll see. What do we think about the last Pirelli win? I think I think this is a lot longer to go than what you realise. I you think. think? Yeah, I think this could almost go back to maybe the eighties. Ooh, champion Agnew, any any guesses? I wouldn't honestly have a clue. I think it is nineteen ninety three, and it was Patrick Snyers and the escort Cosworth. Oh, well, hang wow. on a minute, just stop, just back up. Well, when you I say think. you think, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. When we start getting back into the nineties, Ypres, you don't know, you know, people can oh, switch tyres. Like I, that. I, would, I, would, <laughs> Jack, I think it might rain later. <laughs> Jack, you can't come back. You've not been here for weeks. You can't come Jeez, back with it. something wow. so big. All right, is, I'll, co- I'll commit to it then. That that is fact. Put them on the that table, Jack. Put them on the table or zip up. <laughs> you three, you know exactly what rallying's like. Someone's got Michelin stickers on the car, and suddenly there's a tire on the side of it that doesn't have any stickers on it. And you know that's all I was alluding to is the fact that sometimes tires go on a car that you know might not necessarily be the you know of the manufacturer that are paying for the tires that weekend. We've all seen, you know, we all know these stories. Allegedly, Jack. Exactly. Uh, Allegedly. Uh, is your any other business? That's yeah. His, yeah, that was his any other business, which is, to be fair, it probably should have been the last one. I think that should have been a mic drop moment where everyone just gets really agitated it, and goes. It had all the best. It had all the best characteristics of any other business. It was a question that no one knew the answer to. It involved. I, thought, yeah, but, but I, I genuinely thought, Jack, when you post something like that, you had the right answer. You were going to go. Da, 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 <laughs> well, I have the right answer. You think? No, I've got the right answer. There was a vagueness, Jack, to the follow-up statement. Well, I've explained why it was big. Okay. It was the last winning car with Pirelli stickers on. Is that what you're saying? Basically, yeah. Yeah, all right. There you go. There you go. We got there in the end, didn't we? How do you know that? <laughs> I, went, I went through every single year of the Eat Rally since then and looked at pictures of the cars. I looked at entry lists and stuff like that. And I thought you were incredibly busy with work. Nope. It only took a few minutes with EWRC. What a brilliant resource EWRC is. Resource. It is. Undoubtedly. Um, I bet yours isn't the same, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not the same. No, right. Uh, so uh, I I just had a, a little bit of a look further down the entry list just to to see who else was uh, was doing it. A few interesting uh, names popped up. Um, here's a here's a question. Uh, I think two of the three of you will probably get it. Uh, but who's won this rally as a driver and a co-driver? Mark Tewes. Peter Schoen. Peter Schoen. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You were the two that I thought would get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Love it. And he's uh, he's doing it as a as a driver again this year in a Polo R5. Won it alongside Kevin Abering um, a few years back in the in the 208. Um, uh, an interesting entry just in front of John Armstrong actually in a 
uh, an Alpine in an RGT A110 is none other than Mark Duez, who, uh, who we had on a few months back. So, so Mark's doing the rally. Um, and actually third from last is a Citroen C2 driven by Niall O'Sullivan, co-driven by one James O'Brien. Wow. Oh. So uh, I'm sure lots of people remember uh, James is uh, excited on board from alongside uh, Andrew Nesbitt. But um, yeah, <laughs> just uh, just great to see the, the rally in the championship. I mean, it has such history. We, we've already touched on the fact that, um, you know, Freddie Likes really made this rally his own. I think it's 11 times he, he managed to, to win the event, which is incredible. Um but it, you know, it's it's been such a, an amazing round of the European Championship. It's been won by the, the likes of Henry Toivonen, and Mickey Biasion, Walter Roll, uh, Tony Pond, Jim McRae, and uh, you know, it's uh, a great rally. And let's uh, let's hope it uh, continues for a long time. So, Absolutely. so my my only other business involved going all the way back to 1993, studying pictures of cars from every single Ypres rally, and you looked at the entry list, who's and I was the one who, who got ridiculed. Who's the mug? <laughs> You didn't even pick my favourite part of the entry list, which is my, my favourite crew have entered in terms of names, and that's Henk Vossen and Johan Findhammer. I think that's just, they're, they're just, that, that, the, the, you couldn't put two better names together than that's those two in, 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 in a car. Definitely a 90s techno band. Do you reckon? I yeah. was thinking more along the lines of like a Dutch gladiator programme. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, Trevor Agnew, have you got, have you got, is yours, is yours levity or is yours, because mine's quite serious. My, any other business isn't the same as Jack Bunyan's. Good. Um, so. <laughs> is it, is it, who last won the rally on Dunlops? Say again, Ryan. Is it who last won the rally on Dunlops? Colways. Who last won it on Colways? No, it's. You could, do, you could do BF Goodrich if you wanted to. <laughs> no, it's how do you spell Aper? No, it's not that either. Is your sunshine or is it a little bit rainy? <laughs> I think it's going to rain later. No, but is your any other business sunshiny, i.e. upbeat or low beat? Oh, it's very upbeat. Okay, it's, I'll do mine and then we'll finish on yours. <laughs> okay, let's hear your shit one then. Well, mine's not a happy one, to be honest with you. Trev, you're going to feel so bad about what Tony's about to speak about. Yeah, so it's about sick puppies and what we need to... <laughs> no, I'm joking. Right, um, I just want to... Uh, this is It's very UK-centric, this. And by all means, you can give me an opinion or you can go quiet. But I'm growing increasingly concerned by rallying currently in the UK. Um, and there's a false sense of security with regards to entries being full at the moment. Um, I think that needs to be looked at in the sense of there's a lot of people entering rallies because they haven't done a great deal for for a period of time. Um, but I think if we scratch meet the surface and we look at another event just being cancelled, the Wyadine, um, I'm hearing rumours of another event going to be cancelled also in the not-too-distant future um, because of um, the test events that are being run in the UK in the forests. I think once people start really looking, I'm not too sure how healthy rallying is in the UK anymore. Um, and it's being propped up massively by very affluent individuals who are rallying um, primarily for fun, but obviously they want to go out and do things. Um, but we're reliant on too many volunteers. We're reliant too much on the forestry, um, and people are spending oodles and oodles of cash, and rallying is not as healthy as what I think people think it is. And I think I urge people to look beyond the the obvious of just full entries and start asking questions because I think we need to start desperately asking questions before we lose rallying as we know it. It's, it's all, all good points. And I think, you know, seeing what's going on in, in Ireland as well, a little bit of a, a struggle going on over there. And they've set up a, a bit of like a competitors group, basically, to, to try and, um, you know, represent the views of, of competitors and stuff. Maybe that's something that we need in, you know, over this side of the water as well to try and, um, you know, create some sort of um, 
Yeah, in fairness, Matt, Matt Edwards did kind of get something going uh, with a group, and there's been some some, some people kind of speaking all, all together. So that has that has started to happen. I was gone a little bit quiet recently, I think, obviously because rally. That's my worry is yeah. that it's gone it's gone a bit quiet because it was nice to see that starting up in the first place. But it's you know we've not heard a lot since, so you know it would be nice. But this is the, the problem with the problem with all rallying basically is that you know you can sit three people down and they've all got a different opinion about what's next and what should be done. So having that kind of um, divided voice and trying to take that to things like, you know, forestry commissions and stuff like that is, you know, is, is not ideal. So if we can have something that, you know, starts to unite people and people start to realize that, you know, a, a common direction needs to be decided and presented properly, then, you know, that's going to make things easier. So my concern, <clears throat> I'm sorry to, I, I'm not going to make this a whole, you know, I can make a whole podcast on this, but I think I just kind of wanted to make people think because we, we, we have got obviously strong listenership in the UK and Ireland is that, we're 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 now at the point where I'll I'll, I'll take the Scottish rally that that I did a couple of weeks ago, and, and I looked around the service park and it was great. It was great to be back in a service park. It was great to be doing a rally, and I looked across at people like Dommy Buckley who had eight R5 cars out. And you know I won't go into what happened on the stages because the stages were incredibly rough and the damage that was caused was was mind blowing to be honest with you. Um, but that's a a different conversation. Uh, and I worked out roughly with higher fees uh and damages and post event yeah you know pre-event testing post event re-prepping you know and i'm talking about everybody in the service park i reckon the total bill would have been around three quarters of a million quid for that rally so and it's all run by volunteers which is great for the volunteers but there has to be some accountability when that amount of money is being spent and it has to be we have to have people who are employed to, you know, to, to, to be running championships now, which is, you know, and obviously the BRC is, is run as a professional championship because there's accountability to it. There's people who are employed and everything else. But, you know, the, the BTRDA, um, you know, that, you know, that historically was a clubman championship where you made your next steps up. Now, unfortunately, in the, you know, we, we lost Ancro, which was the next place where affluent went, you know, men went with world rally cars and everything else. Um, BTRDA inherited a great number of those, those, those drivers. Um, but it's still running exactly the same way. It's still effectively a clubman championship, uh, as an example. Um, and I just feel that events and, championships need to have people running them now and people doing it full time so there's accountability when when questions are asked and awkward questions are asked um there isn't you know there isn't somebody who can say well you know i can only do so much because i'm a volunteer or whatever it may be there needs to be accountability now i think for for, for when people are spending so much money to do so i don't think there'd be any other sport anywhere in the world that you could look at a you know a one-day event um and there's that much money being spent and it's run by volunteers. I think it's just wrong. I think we, we, we need to be better. I think it needs to be, um, the needs accountability. There you go. That's the word I was, I was ultimately, which I keep saying, which I keep coming back to. I think that's what's needed. But anyway, that's, that was my only the business. Just if, if, if you're involved in rallying, look beneath the surface. It's not as healthy as probably what you think it is because everybody is assuming it's healthy because of full entries. There you go. Anyway, uh, Trevor Agnew. Well, just to just to add my little bit, I don't know what the market looks like. I don't know what the landscape's like. Um, I've lost touch with that. But at the end of the day, there's so much demand on people's time now, especially across the whole family and the disposable income that people have. So whether it's value for money or not, whether it's the best use of people's time is really the consideration that a lot of people have to take when it goes to putting together the cost of doing a one-day rally in uh, you know, an entry-level car. So that... And the, the, what you're talking about seems to be efficiency of running the rally and how we do that. Of course, it's food for thought and that's the whole point of it. Uh, my Any Other Businesses, uh, based on an article which is great, again, by Luke Barry on Dirtfish, should the WRC qualifying stage be reintroduced, and uh, especially with Ypres Rally uh, over this weekend? I absolutely love the qualifying stage. I think it's great. And the only reason it was taken away was because of Auger's effect uh, way back in 2014, I think it was. Um, thoughts on that? 
so a qualifying stage. So you do a shakedown first, then steam stage qualifying, then you pick your position on the road. I think that works brilliantly. Likewise with the power stage, I think we need to shake that up a little bit. Uh, most power stages now, there's not that much excitement at the end of them. What can we do differently there? But let's go on qualifying stage. Thoughts? Hmm. <clears throat> not sure. Something extra. I like the idea of having something a bit more, a bit more competitive in the lead up to the event. As Luke says, you know, if you're if you're watching the shakedown, shakedown's live now on Facebook. Uh, I've watched it a couple of times, but there's not that much that happens on it. Whereas shakedown for a couple of runs, max it out of three runs, then you do your qualifying on the same stage. It just adds another dimension to that day before the rally. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it adds if it, it, it fattens up the story. Um, Ray, can we wake you again? <laughs> uh, yeah, and and it gives a more um, professional way of deciding the road position, I guess, really. So it uh, it takes away the conversations about running order and is it right that the world championship leaders hampered on gravel rallies, all that business that we've we've heard talked about endless times um you know it takes that away and i think it you know having seen something similar in, in european championship over recent years as well I, yeah I, I agree i think it works well especially moving into next year where the cars should start off relatively equal or at least it's going to be uh like the 2017 cars when they were introduced the you know the reliability and all type of thing will be different so uh yeah, I think using the same stage, there's no road cleaning that side of things. Uh, then qualifying, same as ERC do, same as Zeeper used to do when I even was outside of the ERC. Okay, um, I think what we can do is should we put it to the listeners? Should we ask the listeners that? But to be fair, they normally give it to us anyway. But it's studio at absolutelyrally.co.uk or indeed tweet us and make sure Twev Twev is in the tweet. Make sure Twev's in the tweet. Um, <laughs> as well so uh, as it was his point there you go um, boys that's it for this week we're going to go away now we're going to we're, we're going to sit back we're going to enjoy Ypres and then we're going to come back next week and realise that we were all talking through our arses I'm going to find out Again. when when was the last car to win Monte Carlo on wooden wheels that's my research when, was, when was the last time a co-driver won Ypres when he'd had cornflakes for his breakfast I ate his podcast <laughs> We know. That's why you've not been with us for ages, doing roundy roundy shit. I think it's better if I don't say anything at this point. Okay. Folks, we're going to a little break back with Ocean Price. (laughs) This is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. Uh, thanks to the boys at the top. Obviously, you know, they all have to go off and do more important things than, than finish a podcast. So, um, without further ado, I've got the fire. We've, we've got our only guest this week, but, um, a man that's been with us before, Oshin Price. Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Thank you. It's been a while. It's, it's nice been, to be back. It's good. I know, mate. Well, it means you're doing something. That's why I always say to people, you're not being with us for a while. You've obviously had a quiet period. So obviously it's no longer a quiet period because we're back into um, what appears to be, um, and for me it's massively undersold, maybe one of the best British Rally Championships for some time. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, there's a there's a massive level of competition uh, back this year, uh, spread across you know many different guys in in different machinery as well. So um, you know when when Ian and his team sort of decided that they were going to put it on, I was kind of you know, all for it really, and you know, as as the events have gone along, we've we've attracted uh, you know some more competitors and some old faces that have, yeah, like you say, made it. Um, like I agree with you, really, one of the best that that we've had in a very long time. So, yeah, it's uh, it's proven to be a, a tough year with strong competition. Well, which is you know, which is obviously what what you want because I think I think we spoke to ironically your 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 teammate um not so long ago about this and and you know we're talking about obviously when when winning titles and and, and that type of thing and um 
you know, these are the ones that I suppose if if you can get it over the line, you know, with regards to either an event win or a championship win, these are the ones that you look back on when you talk about legacy and stuff like that. These are, I think, these are the types of championships now, and these events, are the ones that in twenty years' time people will refer back to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's a great calendar this year, and there's a couple of these events, um, well, such as the Grampian, to be honest. Uh, if if the event, if sorry, if the championship wasn't going to run, I would probably have looked to sort of have a crack at them anyway. Um, it's it's nice that the championship has got a a nice balance uh, of different events and some you know old events. And not only that, uh, I know it's hard to keep everybody happy, but in terms of mileage, you know, the one day events make it more attractive to people because it's that bit more cost effective as well. So. Um, I'm um, saying that we've got mold coming up in you know two months or so, but um, yeah, it's 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 looking a great championship, and so far it's it's been really good, really enjoyable, um, great rally. So you know, long may it continue. Obviously, changing machinery this year, um, going over to the Polo. We, we, we weren't entirely sure. We, we seem to have every other brand of R5 at some point over the last couple of years uh, here in the UK, and and then the Polo's kind of crept in under the radar almost and here we are we've got you know you and both uh matt as well obviously in in in, in the in a, a team both with polos how has the transition been for you it's been quite good uh obviously it was planned to do uh west cork in uh last year um obviously the dreaded covid situation happened there when we were there and it was it was a sort of a big disappointment really that we never kind of got to use it in anger so we did that small event in goodwood um, yeah, it was okay. We didn't really get a, a proper chance to try it out. And then, uh, in all honesty, I was I was looking to pick and choose events this year. And then I had a call from Melvin uh, early on in the year uh, saying, look, if, if you want to do the British Championship, there's a car here for you to, to use. And he kind of twisted my arm a little bit and kind of got the buzz back in, which is, which is what I needed because, you know, such a long time without doing events, it's, it's hard to put time and effort into planning things when there's so much uh, uncertainty about. So, you know, straight from the off, really, when I jumped in the car properly and had a decent test, it, it was, you know, I knew this was uh, this was the car that that would do it for me. You know, Brilliant. and uh, a lot of a lot of guys had said, you know, it's a great time my car, but it, it really really opened my eyes on the gravel. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot more still to learn. There's a lot more still to come from me and the car. But uh, you know, we've got a great team, and you know, Matt's Matt's a great teammate and a, and a great benchmark for me as well. You know, being twice British champion, and we have quite a, an open policy in the team, really, that we all learn off each other. So um, it's it's in the best interest for us all to to do well, really, which is great. Brilliant. Looking ahead to the weekend, have we? Are you familiar with any of the stages? Have you been here before? Yeah, we've done. Um, I hadn't realised until I kind of done a bit of research. We've we've done the Granite City Rally back in 2013, I think it was, um, and I I sort of recognised some bits off after doing some research on on YouTube, and I could kind of remember bits of the road um, that that was from that year. Um, so yeah, I kind of it'll be one of them. I think once once I get the recce done, I'll I'll remember bits of it but again it was all back then you know two-wheel drive Citroen and you know a little bit less experienced than I am now so um, I think there's a couple of lads that have been there maybe not competed but it's kind of fairly even playing field which is quite nice um, I mean Nicky Gris I think we were all fairly experienced so it could have anything could have happened there but here it's it's like a new rally for most of us so um, it's it's going to be a tight battle I'm sure very much so. I'm, I, genuinely, as I say, I think um, you know. I've, I've, obviously, I've, as you know, I've dipped in and out of the BRC for for, for, for twenty years, and, and my only kind of um, disappointment for you guys um, now, as a as an outsider kind of looking in, is that um, the you know I, I genuinely would have loved to have sat down and, and watched some of the packages, you know, you know, TV packages that perhaps we had in the past. Um, maybe I'm a bit old school thinking about it like that. I, I just think, you know, somebody somewhere is missing a trick. But I noticed you guys have, have kind of took the bull by the horns and, and started producing some of your own 
kind of behind the scenes stuff, which is obviously now becoming quite a popular thing to do. How did that come about? Well, to be honest, it was something that um, obviously before the se- before the season started, we kind of knew what the media package was going to be, uh, and you know, short spur of the moment thing. They kind of come up with this idea, which is great. You know, it's kind of with the times and social media and stuff. But we were, I was kind of looking at something more of a tell the story kind of thing of of what goes on, um, because at the end of the day, I'm trying to attract maybe people that aren't familiar with rallying and aren't familiar with what happens in a week of a rally or what happens in a rally weekend. Um, so I come up with this idea then of, you know, producing these, these videos, just each event has its different story and focuses on different things. So, um, and, and on top of that, our, our sponsors get that bit, bit of extra coverage. So, um, Christian from Motorflix, he's a lad that I met whilst doing the, uh, safari rally. Um, so he has his own YouTube channel, uh, has plenty of experience uh, working with companies such as Grip and uh, Top Gear. So we kind of yeah made a bit of a plan, and so far it's it's worked really well. And you know from from the response we've had from the videos, I think it's been a, a good success. So again, when when you're trying to attract those those sponsors, it uh, you're trying to make yourself stand out from the crowd, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as I said, I've, I've really enjoyed them. Um, and, and it's something which, you know, um, I, I guess everybody would like to do. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as you say, I think there's such a great story to tell this year. And, uh, I hope, I hope that you guys genuinely get the credit come the end of the season, you know, um, you know, no matter where you guys end up, you know, I'm talking about, you know, all of you really. I just, I just feel that, uh, this, out of all the years since the BRC's come back to me, this is the strongest one. Um, I think the, the depth and the experience and the cars and the drive is just is just phenomenal. And um, I'm, I'm genuinely enjoying being a fan, kind of, of watching it. I've turned into a fan again, which is quite <laughs> nice, to be honest with you. I, I, I kind of wanted yeah. it to come full circle. So I was a massive BRC geek back in the day. So there you go. There you go. Listen, mate, before I let you go, it would be a miss of me not to ask you also about another. I don't know if you know there's another little bit of an event that's happening over in Belgium this weekend. You might have heard of it. Yeah, I, just, I have heard little things about it. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> we, we're like a broken record. We're six years old as a podcast. And whenever it, whenever it comes to Ypres time, we feel like I could literally probably pull out the podcast from six years ago and still use that one because we talk about the same things uh, all the time. And it's hard not to, but you've been there. You've been there. You've seen it. You've done it. If you were if, if, if you were given advice to an Ocean Price who'd not been there before, what would that little bit of advice would you be given to? I know you're not there this weekend, obviously, but if you were doing Ypres this weekend, what would be that little nugget of advice you'd give to somebody that perhaps hasn't been there? Oh, blimey. I mean, it's, uh, it's a mindset, really, such a specialist event. Um, you need to seek the advice of, uh, of somebody who's been there and done it and, and sort of draw on their resources, really. Um, we kind of did that in 17 with Freddie Likes, but you can't physically process everything um, that the, a guy such as Freddie, who's won the event so many times, um, you know, you can't you can't take it all in. I noticed that the the M Sport boys, I think, had had uh, Patrick Snyder on their test. Um, you know, so everybody's kind of going down the same route of asking the local specialists, really, because because it, it is a specialist rally, there's no doubt about it. Um, and asking them for advice and and so on and so forth. But everybody, <laughs> it can get a bit confusing because some guys have certain ways of looking at it, and others a different way. But I think if you can. If you if you had the budget to go at it in a big way, maybe look at doing a small regional rally just to get your head tuned in really to the roads. Because uh, when I went there, it was a bit of uh, you know, it baffled me really of how how quick you could go and how how patient you had to be in some places as well. Uh, and it's hard to find the balance. They're quite challenging stages, and uh, the rhythm of them changes quite a lot. So. Yeah, the main thing would be to to seek advice of somebody who's a specialist there, uh, and another thing would be make sure you have you know the 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 right sort of resources and preparation from the car setup side, um, because you don't want to be going there with a car that's not handling 
as it should, like we did in 17. You know, we, we just got completely lost with the setup and unfortunately couldn't deliver the times. And, you know, that, that showed in our results. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's those things really that I would really stress on a, especially young driver going there for the first time. Top man. Listen, I'm going to ask you for, um, I'm going to ask you for a prediction for the Grampian and prediction for Ypres, please. No pressure well, at all. I'd like to win the Grampian, so anybody else, anybody else can finish second or third. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably, not, not wishing any bad luck on that, but as far away as us as he can. But hey, look, it's going to be close on the Grampian anyway, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll do our best there to keep keep the side up. So uh, for for Ypres, I think it'll be uh, Neville, Ogier, and Evans. In that order. All right. Happy days. I'll make a note of that and we'll call you out on it next week after the event. <laughs> That's it. Sounds good. <laughs> Listen, Oshan, we will get you back very, very soon. It won't be as long as what it has been from from this time, I promise you, okay? No worries at all. No, it's, it's good to be back. Good man. Good man. Oshan Price, thank you so much for joining us on Absolute Rally this week. Folks, that has been episode two, season 24. Thank you again to our usual sponsors, Keel. There we were without them. We wouldn't be here. Always remember that. And we'll be back same time, same place. Need a podcast hold next week. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Keel the Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.